Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you for joining me today. If you're catching the show live or you're catching us in archive, um, we are going to be doing a show today about um, learning about your past lifetimes. So uh, every once in a while, uh, I take a little variation from my normal shows, and I do a mini class, and this is one of those days, so you are catching the mini class. Um, show's a little longer than normal. We're going to be going a full hour as opposed to my normal 45-minute show. Um, so we've got uh, a lot of material to cover for this mini class, and you're going to get some really good insight and good information uh, for uh, today's class. Uh, later on in the show, uh, last 15, 20 minutes of the show, I will actually take a few uh, calls and pull a past life card for you to give you some insight into a, a past life era or time or place. Uh, that won't be till the last 15, 20 minutes of the show. Uh, first half of the show, more than half of the show is going to be the class itself for everybody, but I will do that later on. So uh, you can wait on the uh, phone lines for that, and I'll take the calls in order that they come in. But uh, uh, no mini readings today, uh, just past life card pull which is uh, pretty cool, actually, so I think you guys will get a lot out of that. Anyway, uh, I'm going to launch into class here in just a minute. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, a little bit about me. My name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional astrologer. Uh, I also uh, do numerology and tarot and animal totems, a number of different types of oracles. I have been doing this for many years. It is my business. Uh, I do personal sessions here in my home office in Phoenix with clients as well as by phone. If you want any information on any of my uh, services, uh, please go to my website at jimventura.com, easy enough to find, and you can get some information there, uh, especially now is a good time because I have a special running for new clients. You can catch that on the website for uh, $20 off my normal rates. So check that out if you're interested. And uh, I am a published author. In fact, um, my first published book was back in 2007. I wrote a book called Dirty Little Secrets. And uh, that song, the intro song that came in was from a group called The Fix from the mid-'80s. And uh, it was called the song, uh, song was called Secret Separation. Uh, check that out. If, you, if you're not familiar with it already, you can just go online and Google it. Uh, Secret Separation by The Fix, and check out the video and the song. It's all about reincarnation, interestingly enough, and it was actually a top 40 song at the time. I wonder how many people knew what it was really about. So I actually had mentioned that song in one of the passages I wrote about in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, about meeting my proverbial soulmate and uh, the experience I went and had around that. So, okay, uh Last thing I'll mention before we launch into class here is if you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at VenturaSag, 
V-E-N-T-U-R-A-S-A-G at yahoo.com, so you can get the free monthly newsletter. Uh, our newsletter is blind copied once a month, meaning no one will ever get your email address uh, from me. So it will be blind copied out. But great column. You get to read my books before they even go into print by getting the column. And uh, every time I have specials and classes and things, you could take full advantage of that because you'll be getting the column each month and be the first to get that information. Okay. All of that said, uh, now I want to kind of launch into this class. This is actually one of my favorite classes to teach. I am doing a, uh, a, a I'm doing this class actually here in Phoenix, locally. Uh, at the end of October, and uh, if you're local here, uh, there's still a couple of openings in that class. I take small groups every few months, and I do a class here in my home in Phoenix, and uh, I've got a couple of openings still in that class for October 26th, Saturday morning. It's about a two-and-a-half-hour class, so of course we're going to get into a lot more information uh, than we'll be able to get into today, but I do want to kind of touch upon some of that information for you guys today. In case you're not local here, obviously you would not be able to attend the class, but uh, good news is in 2014, I will be doing Skype seminars, so even if you don't live here in Phoenix, you'll be able to take uh, some of the classes that I offer via Skype, which is, is really fun to be able to do. That will be in 2014. Information about that, of course, would be, would be in my snake oil newsletter uh, when those are coming up. Okay, now, all right, so we're talking about past lifetimes today, and uh, interesting topic of conversation and subject. Uh, one, I you really started studying very, very young. In fact, let me give you a little bit of history about that, uh, and then I'm going to kind of tell you how the breakdown of the, the, today's live class is going to be. I want to talk a little bit about some of the basics of reincarnation of past lifetimes, so you get some uh, basic understanding of all this good stuff. I'm going to talk about ways you can access that information through things like numerology and astrology and past life regressions and things of that nature. We'll talk some practical advice on being able to access that information. And then we'll, toward the end of the show, we'll talk about the Phoenix cards. And uh, again, I will uh, take uh, some live calls and, and pull a card for you on a past lifetime that, that's coming through for you as well a little later on in the show. Um, I'll tell you about that when I'm getting ready to open the phone line. So that's the basic breakdown of how the mini-class is going to go. So this is a, a subject certainly near and dear to my heart. Um, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I I remembered living other lifetimes. I, I actually didn't know that other people didn't do that. Um, that, to me, was sort of like kind of built into my wiring. I had remembered living before. Um a few times, uh, and you know, I certainly don't remember all of my past lifetimes. We'll get into that information shortly. But I did have a few memories of other times I had been alive. So uh, that, that's interesting because then, of course, I went to Catholic school, and the first time I opened my mouth up about something like that, um, of course, I got shot down for being a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> so that started sort of the shutdown of that information for me as a child. Uh, but later on, uh, I opened that door up again, probably when I was about 17 or 18, and I began to read books about uh, all kinds of subjects, uh, of course, uh, things I specialize in, astrology and numerology and tarot and things of that nature, a lot of channeled books. But I read quite a few books uh, on different research authors around the idea behind past lives and reincarnation. And uh, 
tons of information on this, guys, uh, out there. It's not a it's not as nearly an esoteric or a strange subject as you might imagine. Uh, there is quite a bit of, of information available on this subject, and some really cool cool stuff to to check out. One of the authors that I, I worked with a lot in the 80s and 90s uh, in terms of reading his work was Dick Suffin. Uh, but there was all kinds of authors that were professional hypnotherapists, and they had logged a lot of these different uh, regression work uh, that they had done with people, and uh, really, really cool uh, information. You know, read a couple of these books, and, and if you've got any doubt in your mind, that'll be squashed fairly uh, quickly uh, once you realize how much actually has been done on this subject um, and researched. So for me, I was reading a lot about it, and I went through kind of a fun phase where I actually learned how to do um, hypnosis and regression on myself, self-hypnosis, and I also learned how to do it with others. So for there was a period when I was probably about 19 or 20 where I was regressing myself to have uh, to begin to access past life memories, and actually a couple of my friends, and it really was surprisingly easy. Um, to get information. Of course, you get it, and then you kind of doubt it afterwards, and you're not sure. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that as we progress through the class on um, ways of doing this and, and all that good stuff. But we had done quite a few. In fact, when I moved from New York to Phoenix, I had actually logged over 400 um, past life, not 400, 40 past lifetimes that I was aware of um, in, a, in a, a notebook and uh, and a lot of information that I had gotten from these regressions and things as I began to open that door and look at that information. And it was very cool because when I moved here, I met a number of people that I knew from some of those logged other lifetimes. So there was multiple reasons I was pulled to Phoenix. Um, there were other souls that I had known before that I was meant to get to know again, get involved with at different levels. So that really resonated with me when I moved here at about the age of 25, a couple of years later. So that was very cool because uh, some of the ones, you know, sometimes you'll do these regressions and then you know, there's a part of you that you know it's your ego that kind of questions whether you're really getting valid information uh, you know, at all in that sense. Uh, that, that's pretty natural, especially so for males, but also for females. Uh, that, that, that's your ego, which is, is designed to help you deal with the tangible, practical world. It doesn't really want you to remember those things that could, you know, uh, throw off the, uh, the dynamics of uh, your, your functioning in this world. So that's so the purpose of the ego is you don't get rid of your ego. You put your ego aside as you're, as you're gathering this information. And no, you know, past life regressions, you know, any of the work that we're going to talk about today, um, none of it will hurt you guys. You know, get rid of the sto- you know, these silly stories about getting locked into another lifetime and not being able to get out or seeing yourself dying and then dying now. All hogwash, meaningless. You know, you, you know there's some part of us that remembers in that sense, and, and you'd really be surprised at the amount of detail you can get through some of these uh, ways of, of studying and, and learning all of this stuff. So I began my explorations, really did a lot with it, and it really was cool. Uh, I learned a lot uh, about other selves and other times and places. And, you know, and the funny thing I would say is, like, I actually never had a fear of death the way other people do sometimes because, again, I was aware of living other times uh, when I was a child 
it just was um, something that I was, you know, I remembered. So, of course, that made the whole fear of death thing sort of irrelevant. Um, you know, I knew I'd live again. So let's talk a little bit about some of the basics behind the ideas of reincarnation, and then I'm going to start talking a bit about uh, ways that you personally can begin to kind of find out about your past lifetimes. I'm going to give you a lot of very practical suggestions that are going to work for you. Again, because this is a mini-class, I'm shortening some of the material in, in terms of the way that I would do it in an online class or uh, in a live class like I'm doing August 26th here in Phoenix. Uh, but I'm still going to give you some some good insight along the way. If you are local, contact me, um, and uh, we'll see if you can get you into that class if you're here in Phoenix. And uh, But, okay, so let's talk to some of the basics. These are some of the things I've learned um, along the way. So uh, the thing is, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, listen, you will reincarnate. Um, that is the nature of, of life here on the physical plane. Uh, we we do have those experiences. We don't have to believe it or remember it in order for us to have that experience. You know, the other thing that you know, when I began to really look at other lifetimes, I did learn a number of things that was uh, really very helpful in terms of insight. Once you once you begin the reincarnation process as a human being, you in essence stay a human being through all of your incarnations until you finish your lifetimes in your cycle. I'll explain a little bit of that in a minute. Um, so there's no, uh, what is it, trans, I'm not trans, I don't know if it's, I'm going to get the word screwed up about, like if your next life you come back as a dog. Listen, if you have memory patterns of other of animals or other things, it's very valid that you may have, before you incarnated as a human being, experienced that. But once you kind of come in and, and have your first lifetime as a human being, you reincarnate as a human being in that cycle until finished. So um, we don't jump to animal consciousness. There are completely different types of consciousness in the first place. Um, human beings are sentient, meaning we have the ability to remember our past, to uh, process the idea of a future, um, there's a number of things behind sentience. Um, animals do not have sentience. They have feelings. They have emotions. They have souls. Absolutely, it's a different type of soul configuration. The only other sentient life on this planet, like human beings, actually is whales and dolphins. Um, also, are sentient in the way that human beings are. Uh, although, you know, whales, dolphins, their their focus is far more on sound and, and a different experience, but they're still sentient beings. Um, so again, so we, I think it's transmigration of souls. That's probably the word. We don't really do transmigrate. So get that out of your head. Actually come back as a bug. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that's something I think is important for people to, to remember. Okay, so that's the first point. Now, there's a great series of books um, if you're really into this subject and want to study it and another capacity of channeled books that came out in the late 70s and through the 80s into the early 90s called the Michael Material. Uh, the original books were written by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. Uh, fascinating. Um, uh, it's their channeled books, and they talk a lot about reincarnation and karma and all of that good stuff. Uh, the idea behind it, and I'm going to give you the brief summary of this, which I find to be the case for reincarnation in that sense, is we, if you ever hear someone say, um, you know, my daughter is an old soul, or I'm an old soul. Um, they may, that may or may not be true, um, but it may be. 
And the idea behind the old soul idea or philosophy is that there really are five soul level stages of development um, that we go through. Uh, we are when you, we're cast from the Tao, from God in that sense. And when I say cast, I don't mean like thrown away. Uh, it's an experience that's chosen energetically. So when we're cast from the Tao, we come in as an infant soul. Um, we'll have anywhere from, you know, like five to seven. We'll have anywhere from seven to, you know, even a hundred lifetimes as an infant soul. Um, and those are, you know, kind of fresher experiences on the physical plane. And then we move to the baby soul stage um, throughout our series of lifetimes, which is a lot about, you know, setting up the rules and regulations of society. Um, then we move to the young soul cycle, um, which is about, you know, acquisition and, and conquering the physical plane, doing, doing as well as you can here in a practical sense. And then there's a mature soul cycle, which is more of a spiritual cycle, um, more of a cycle of um, heightened emotional awareness and understanding and dramatic relationships. And then there are old souls who have been around the block, so to speak, a lot more times. Our old soul cycle is categorized by a lot of talent and ability, um, to some extent a certain amount of laziness at times because you don't have that young soul urge to uh, he who dies with the most toys wins syndrome. Uh, but usually old souls have more detachment or able to see things in the larger picture. Um, and I can get to a lot of characteristics around this, but um, we'll save that for another class. But um, you're going to have literally seven or more uh, lifetimes within each cycle. So we're really looking at, for the most part, a minimum of 35, 40 lives uh, before we, quote-unquote, cycle off. And what that means is we recombine with the members of our soul group, all of ourselves and the members of our larger soul group, and we kind of work our way back to the Tao or God. Um, you know, uh, those basically are the same uh, meaning uh, behind those words. So that's a general summation of this. So, yeah, in a very practical sense, listen, you're, it's probably not your first lifetime, and it's probably not your last lifetime. Uh, there's, a, there's a good chance of that. You know, the older the soul, the more likely you are finishing up. Uh, the younger the soul, the more likely you're beginning, so to speak. But uh, there's no point on that wheel that's a good or a bad. Uh, you know, they're they're not. Um, uh, you know, an old soul isn't better than a young soul or a baby soul. They're just different stages of our development. You know, to an another way of looking at this too is really think of it this way. You know, it's like this is a good analogy for understanding your past lifetimes, because and your even potential future ones. Think of the analogy of a, the trunk of a very, very sturdy tree. Now, that tree has roots that are deep in the ground, deep into the earth, and it obviously is very solid. It might be hundreds of years old. And then imagine that that tree has many, many branches. And think of each life as a branch on the tree. And some of the branches are near each other and are similar in size and weight. Some of the branches are on the far end side of the, uh, the tree that they can't even necessarily see each other, so to speak, and are very different uh, because they get different light uh, or, you know, are facing a different direction. So if you think of all of yourselves, your past lifetimes and future lifetimes and present lifetime, as branches of a tree connected to a trunk of a tree, you'll understand that the trunk of the tree really represents your higher self the collective of who you are. Each of the lives you live, each of the branches, is an another uh, 
exploration that you had along the way in your experience. So you're all connected. So when we, we, we physically pass and we die and we move off the physical plane once and for all and we finish our reincarnational cycles, in essence what we do is, again, we recombine, so to speak, with our other members of our soul, the other branches of the tree, and, uh, you know, I guess it's like a big old party maybe in that sense. So your past lifetimes or your other selves to some extent exist simultaneously, um, but yet they play themselves out throughout time. So I know that's a loaded concept, and I don't want to make anybody's head spin in that sense, but but time really, as we experience it, is more of an element of the physical plane. Um, But uh, you you would, you know, for instance, if you do a regression and you see yourself in in 1490, you are going to, um, obviously that was in 1490 in terms of chronological time. But if you could talk to that past self, that past self might not ever believe that you would exist in the first place, and that past self would not see itself in the past. It would see itself as existing in its own present. So without, again, making too many heads spin, just just food for thought. Um, So really the the idea behind past lifetimes is somewhat irrelevant from that angle since all time in, in many ways is simultaneous. But because we experience things sequentially, we have to experience it from that angle. And, and you know, and you cannot, you know, manage, you know, 215 lifetimes um, as an individual. They, they had their own experiences in that sense, but you are interconnected. Now, one of the things that's very cool when you do regressions, you begin to find this information out about your other selves, is you'll often see those parallels. You'll begin to see where, you know, sometimes a, a quote-unquote younger self may have been a lot more obnoxious, Um, You know, ideally, as we progress through the stages, we become somewhat more enlightened. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that just because one has become an old soul, you're suddenly a good person. Uh, That's not necessarily the case. I know that when I did my research and I was doing regression work and I was kind of going back, I really, the younger younger souls, the younger I went, the further I went back in time, uh, you know, the more of an ass I think I often was. Um, I think I'm, I'm probably at the peak of my coolness and maybe i've got a few more lives ahead of me well maybe i'll even be cooler (laughs) with any luck and a little more wise but um so yeah you know we 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 all have this people have this fantasy they can do a past lifetime you're going to see that you were cleopatra you're going to see that you were uh you know george washington things of that nature listen probably not um you know there are obviously you know soul maybe a soul on the planet that is uh, reincarnational linkage to george washington or cleopatra but good chance you're not um you know don't use your past life explorations in order to kind of fulfill some type of you know idea of, of escaping your present as if you were something more amazing in the past you may well very well been a king or a uh, queen or a pirate or any of those other things as well in other lifetimes uh but um you know, the, the searching for historical uh, personas is, is probably less relevant. You know, I know in a lot of my lifetimes, in fact, one of the uh, one of my famous stories that I tell people is I remember doing a regression once, and I, I had asked to go back to the lifetime that I was most happy in the regression. That was my intention. And when I did the regression and I got there, um, I was a young retarded man living with his mother for his entire lifetime who took care of him pretty 
you know, you know, you hear that, and it makes total sense. I was very happy. Mom loved me. Mom took care of me. I did not have a very strong intellectual center in that life. Obviously, that's kind of one of the dynamics behind most people who are retarded. Um, they're more emotional, uh, more sensitive, even often intuitive. Those air, those areas are more pronounced. So I got to tell you, it's pretty nice not being so analytical. Because Jesus, am I analytical now? Uh, in that way, so that I was rather surprised by that. That at first I didn't think that's where I was going, you know, for the happiest lifetime, in that sense. And then, you know, in other regressions, I saw some things that I did that were pretty obnoxious. Um, one of my regressions was I saw myself as an executioner, and uh, I, you know, suffice, you know, weird way of saying it, but I remember the way that he thought. As an executioner, I, I very much, um, I thought that the people that I killed um, deserved it and that I was doing them a favor. So, uh, you know, that was definitely a lifetime where I earned a lot of karma uh, to pay back, so to speak. So, yeah, some of these things you're going to see as you do this, you know, may not necessarily make you want to jump up and down and necessarily dance. Some of it can make you a little uncomfortable. But it will give you insight, and you will be really begin to understand yourself and why certain issues are very, very core for you or, or troubling or you're still trying to understand and work through those. Um, so very, very cool, just at, at multiple levels. It can really be amazing to do this, too, because often during regression work, you will uh, also begin to see other people that you know in this lifetime when you knew them before. And that can often give you a lot of insight. You may be married in this lifetime and you get mad because your husband treats you like a child. Um, and then you find out in another lifetime you had been his child. So it's an old pattern that keeps playing itself out. The other thing that's really cool about this type of work is often the areas where we really had a lot of, where we have difficulty, or say we went through a major trauma or difficulty in our life, and most of us have some experience from our past, in this lifetime that was a freaking nightmare. You know, I mean, like I, I lived with a criminal in my early 20s who ended up stealing from me. Um, I had a very traumatic um, relationship experience in my early 30s. Uh, with my proverbial soulmate that was very, very um, painful emotionally. And i got to tell you, the, um, the, the regression work, finding out where I, I had known them before, helped a lot because it put things into perspective. I understood why we had played that out now in that way. So you'll get a lot out of this kind of work, guys. Really, there can be some, some real value to, uh, to doing this, this type of thing. Um, so, so don't don't disregard it as as just sort of chasing rainbows. Um, there can be really a lot that you can gain from from accessing this type of information. Okay, a little more on this. I'm going to talk to you about some practical methods, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll take a couple of phone calls in about uh, another uh, ten or fifteen minutes here. Um, okay, so here's some other things to remember. Listen. You don't just have male lifetimes and only female lifetimes. You're going to be male and you're going to be female. Um, of course, we're going to have those experiences. You're going to have lifetimes where you're, um, where you're very beautiful. You'll have lifetimes where you're not so beautiful. You'll have lifetimes where you're rich. You'll have lifetimes where you're poor. You'll have lifetimes where you're, where you're gay or lesbian. You'll have lifetimes when you're, where you're straight. Um, 
that's the nature of the dynamic behind exploring multiple lifetimes. We grow, we learn, we, we navigate through for, for, through multiple types of experiences in order to grow. Um, so that's something to remember. Um, you'll often become very, very aware of your, of your karmic past, meaning, uh, you know, why we have uh, natural, you know, karma can be our, there's also our dharma, our direction karma. We often have natural talents or abilities, maybe things that we had done in other lifetimes that we do natural, naturally and well. Um, I certainly know, uh, for me, I had a, a past lifetime in about the 1700s, late 17, early 1800s in France, where I was an actor and a performer and a singer. Um, I have no desire to do those things so much in this life, but i got to tell you, I'm actually really good at it still. I can sing very well. Um, I've done a little bit of acting uh, just when people have asked me to, and they're often blown away at how good I am at it. Do I have a desire to pursue that in this life? No. Nope. But is it there? Absolutely. Uh, so that's another thing that's kind of cool about accessing this information. It often just gives you a lot of, like, ahas. And the other thing, and we'll get to this in a little bit when we get to the karma cards, and we, we pull karma cards for some of my live uh, audience today, is you'll also get to resonate with areas of, of civilizations, uh, druids and and um, you know the Vikings and, and different areas that you'll resonate with as well too, uh, because this happens a lot when people travel. It's like you can go somewhere and you just hate it. You can't explain why you're uncomfortable there, um, or it may be that you just love it. Or you know, I, I remember years ago when I was a waiter back in my my teens and early twenties, there was a there was a uh, young girl that I uh, or the waitress that I worked with that was would only date Latino men only. That was the only thing that she was attracted to. And she was uh, she was a uh, uh, what we'd call a proverbial Jap, a Jewish American princess, but she just loved Latino men. And I had said that to her too. I said it's likely that you had past lifetimes in in Latin countries because you're still attracted to that. And she said, "Oh my God, that makes so much sense." So uh, it can be fun to to ferret out this information as well too, and and very healing. Uh, okay, so there's so much I could talk about, about karma and and all of that, but I want to kind of dive into practical methods for you guys to begin to kind of research your past lifetimes. Um, I do past life regressions, of course, that would have to be in the home office here. Uh, but you can get CDs and tapes and things like that um, where you can um, – guided meditations and learn how to do self-hypnosis and do regression work. Um, that's one way that you, you can actually do it. You can certainly go to a professional hypnotist. Uh, there are many people that do this for a living. Um, I, don't, I, I get maybe three requests a year for people to do regression work with me. Um, it's really great to do, but I think uh, people are less inclined to, to come after I don't market it too much, but I'm very good at actually doing it because I've done it so many times for myself and for others. Um, it's, it's a lot easier than you'd think, guys, too. Most people can get hypnotized. It's not really that tough. You'll find occasional people that can't, but that's actually more uncommon. So you can go to a professional and have this done, or again, you don't have to spend money on that. You can you can learn how to do self-hypnosis um, and, and begin that process through meditation of opening up and getting insight into your past lifetimes. Um, another thing, another way, another I'm always about the, the practical, so uh, another very definitive way that we can do this that that's inexpensive yet still works is again through through meditation um obviously you can get that information but another way is through the dream state 
you can ask for information in your dreams before you go to bed. Um, and often you'll, you'll remember. Uh, that's the key of keeping a dreaming notebook um, because we often will. And you've got to remember, sometimes you might, you might have a dream and then at one point it's like 1500s and then you're now your modern self and it goes back and forth and then you wake up confused as hell. Uh, from all of that. Uh, listen, that's because the dreaming self has a different way of remembering. It remembers things more through emotional association. So it could be that you, you literally jump from one life to another in that, in that dream state in that sense or blend materials from one life to another. Um, we tend to be a little clearer with this during regression work because you're kind of more steadily on a certain thing or a certain area or a certain time and place. So, but the dream self is a good way of getting that information. Um, also, in a very practical way, look at the things that you're drawn to, the type of cultures you're drawn to, the things that make you uncomfortable, uh, the things that you uh, feel a natural talent or affinity for. Um, this is these are these are just it really is a lot of it is about this is what I always tell my clients. Whenever you want to learn something, you want insight, whether it's about yourself or about. Uh, you know, anything, you know, remember this at all times, even more than we're doers, we're deciders. So when you decide that you're going to learn about your past lifetimes, that kind of sets something in motion to universe where information will now begin to come to you. So uh, then you'll find you'll land upon, upon books or run across people that trigger a memory for you or you'll remember something. There's all kinds of things that can come out of this that are really cool, but you've got to kind of decide that you want to take some time to actually do this. So uh, don't, uh, don't hesitate if that, that is something you're, you're looking at exploring because then the information will come to you. Uh, a couple of other areas that are really good to get basic uh, information from about past lifetimes, of course, is astrology. If you have an astrology chart done, often the 12th house in natal traditional Western astrology is considered the house of your past lifetimes, the house of who you were before, what's bleeding into this life, almost like maybe the last direct lifetime you lived chronologically in time in that sense. That will often tell you what sign you were, what type of experience you were having from before that bleeds in. So that's a very cool thing to, to look at. Um, there's a number of different ways to look at past life influences um, from an astrology chart. So a good astrologer that specializes in that too can give you a lot of insight also. Uh, so astrology is one way. Uh, definitely 12th house placements, things of that nature are, are going to give you some insight. Um, numerology, another really good tool um, for accessing information when I do sessions with my clients because I'm really good at numerology. In fact, you know, it's very funny because this talk about past life stuff. When I was a kid, I used to, like if my friends lived it and the house number was 617, I would remember the house number because it was a five. I would add all the numbers up together uh, 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 uh 12, 13, 14, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll make sure I got the numbers right. Uh, uh, 617 was the house number. I would remember the house number as a 5 because I would always reduce numbers to singular digits. I did this as a child to remember things. Um, and uh, then when I learned numerology, I found out that that's what you do in numerology. You reduce to singular digits, and I realized I had been doing it my entire childhood. So talk about a past life bleed-through or an ability that I had before that I brought in. So... Uh, 
But uh, numerology is a great tool for that because the, often the, the letters that are missing, the letters slash numbers missing from your name show karmic lessons. The numbers that and letters that are strong in your chart often show karmic talents or abilities, things that you are particularly good at, that you have a lot of um, skill or energy behind. Um, so that's another great tool. You can do use numerology to get some insight into uh, past lifetimes uh, that, that you've lived before as well. Then there is automatic writing, which is a form of, of trans-channeling as well, too. Um, if you look into that, some of you might be good at that. I got a lot of information by automatic writing, which is like a meditative state where you hold a pen or a pencil in hand and you just begin to let whatever comes into your consciousness flow. Uh, try this out. Again, all these things I'm suggesting really can potentially cost you nothing in that sense to, to do so. Uh, obviously, meditation is another really, really good tool to, to use. Um, I got so good at meditating and opening up to seeing other lifetimes that one time I remember meditating. Here's a good little quick story here. I remember one time meditating and seeing myself as a... Um, as in a past lifetime in um, in, in Louisiana area, um, as a man who was very wealthy and played the piano, and which is very funny because in this life I cannot play the piano, but every time I see a piano, I always feel like I could sit down and play it. So uh, very cool. Uh, but at the same time, then I became aware of a woman in Greece, in way further back in twelve or thirteen hundred that I was uh, in that lifetime, and. Uh, it was very interesting because it was like I was dialoguing with all all three of us were having a conversation at the same time, and I, I I mean I could see myself as them, although they were separate people at the same time. But I knew that they were past selves, and then of course when I called them my past selves, they got annoyed with me because they were they said they didn't think that I would ever actually exist. I was just a, a theoretical idea. <laughs> interesting, uh, but uh, that's how good I got at doing this just through meditation. So uh, I'm, I'm good at it now, even when I work with clients and I talk with them, I often can pick up information about past lifetimes that they lived, if they've asked me to. It's easy to do, but I usually let people ask. I don't just do that automatically. Although sometimes it's really noticeable when I'm, when I'm talking to people. So, um, and of course you can go to psychics and readers that can often tap into this as well. So those are a couple of practical suggestions uh, and, and again, regression, probably the most direct way, but all these other ways will often give you some insight into past lifetimes. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about the karma cards now, and then I'm going to take uh, another three four minutes. I'm going to start taking phone calls, so thanks for all the patience uh, that everyone has had um, and waiting. So uh, in about mid-20s, I picked up a, a deck of oracle cards called, um, called, not karma cards, keep calling them karma cards, they're called the Phoenix Cards. And the author who designed these is named Susan Shepard. And I do believe you can still access this book and these cards. I'm not sure if they're still in print. This is a while ago. We're talking almost probably 20 years ago when I picked this up. But um, really cool cards. In fact, when I do these little mini reads that I'm going to talk to you about in a minute today, live, um, I'm going to use these, karma, these uh, Phoenix cards. And um, they've got a cool picture of an image of a phoenix on them of course, which is great, but she basically um, breaks it down into different eras, different times and different places and eras in time. Obviously, she's not able to get all of them, but she got a lot of them. So you, you pull these cards in relation to astrology, which is very cool also, 
and uh, she gets into a lot of detail about um, these times and these places and what characteristics you will have in this life because of what you've drawn from before. So I work with clients personally by via phone sessions as well as, as in office, and I use these, these uh, Phoenix cards, and then I give them the basic information. Then I also pick up information about um, a particular past lifetime that they may have lived during that time. Um, it's very weird ability that I have. Once the doors open, I usually can start to kind of get that info. So I've been doing those types of readings for years for people. And they are, you know, people have told me it's, it's pretty trippy when they when they have it done. It really resonates with them. It often seems to open the door for them, too, where they start remembering as well and even will go on to have further memories around this kind of thing. So very cool. So these are Again, they're called the Phoenix Cards are by Susan Shepard. Again, you might be able to find them in Amazon or in bookstores, even used possibly, but they're a great deck of cards if you want to begin exploring this. This will ram that door open. So that said, I've got a couple of callers, and I'm going to today, I'm going to pull one of the Karma cards for you, give you a little information about the time and the place and the era to give you guys a heads up in your own search and then I'm actually going to read a little personal message that comes through in relation to this um, karma card for you. Um, uh, I'm not going to necessarily get into the specific past lifetime with you. Uh, we just don't really have the time. Uh, I want to try to get as many calls in as I can. And also, very much keep in mind, guys, this is just this is what we're doing today. No other mini-readings. This is just about the past life stuff today. Okay, You can call in for another show for other little mini-readings today. We want to do past life cards with everyone. So I've got about four callers already, so I should be able to get all four in in the remainder of this show. Uh, phone number here is 646-200-3966. I will do my best to get as many callers in as I can. I'll take them in order of who's been waiting. And you might need to dial a one before that. And we'll do our best to get as many callers in as we can to pull a past life karma, uh, Phoenix card for you. So I'm going to start taking calls here. 210, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, who am I chatting with? My name is Mike. Uh, did you say Mike? Yes. Yes. All right. So, uh, did you have you been listening to the show? I have. It's very interesting. All right. So, um, what we're doing today is I'm pulling a, a, a Phoenix card for everybody today, which is kind of a karma card. Um, mm -hmm. Tell you where you've got some energy from a past lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, are you up for that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm gonna get the cards here, and I'm gonna. Tune in and see what we get. Okay, so let me tell you what comes up for Mike. And yeah. it, the card that came up for you is the um, Prairie. Uh, make sure I get the right get the right thing here. Okay, it's the it's the Indian card actually, but I want to I want to quote this correctly before I start diving into this. It's a Prairie, Prairie Plains Medicine Wheel is what comes up here. So this suggests that there is a lifetime um, connected with the American Indian tradition for you. Um, so, I mean, obviously this culture absolutely still exists. Um, and, uh, But yet, I, I think in a lot of ways it's been somewhat 
decimated in that sense in terms of its natural order of things. So let me give you a quick little partial quote from this, uh, from the Phoenix Cards books, and then um, I'll give you another little message here with this too. Um, she says, the conclusion is if you've chosen the Prairie Plains medicine wheel, you're a loner with unorthodox ideas of your own. You're a person, you are your own person and may choose to live alone, surrounded by nature. If you live in a family situation, you need to have your own secret hiding place, which may be on the top of a hill, beside a stream or a creek, or somewhere off in the woods where you can be by yourself. You may find the energies of others distracting, and if you are and if you are a creative person, classroom situations may not appeal to you. You prefer to create within your own self-imposed fortress. You do not follow the crowd just for the sake of belonging. Instead, you find your own personal way and choose a unique mode of expression. You may prefer loose-fitting clothes, loose-fitting and comfortable clothes, although you love to adorn yourself with unusual and colorful items. You always have, you always manage to appear neat and well put together. When you meet someone new, you may immediately feel shy and tend to avert your eyes while talking. Eye contact may make you feel as if the other person was snatching a part of your very soul. This gives people the wrong impression. They may think that you are secretive, shifty, or hiding something. Yet you are sensitive enough to blend with another person's very essence. When you finally surrender and look into another's eyes, it means that you are quite serious. You are fascinated with circles and the continuance of all life. Religion may intrigue you, but you are rarely dogmatic. Rigid ideas irritate you, for you believe that each person must find his or her own way. You realize that all paths lead to the same end if followed with intuition, selflessness, and a respect for all living things. Okay, there's more to this, but I wanted to touch upon this. So, any of that resonating with you? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I remember the first time I did these cards when I was like 25. I I have to tell you, I had I because I did about five lifetimes that I looked at, and I was really blown away by it. In that sense, it really hit me. I, of course, I OD'd. I didn't just pull a card. <laughs> I, had to, I had to pull one for each spot, and it really was very overwhelming in that sense because, again, I began to really remember certain elements of this. So um, that's what's kind of coming through with you. Let me give you – one of the things that she did at the back of this book that I want to read is she gives you like a personal message connected with this um, about your, um, your own life right now to consider. From the Prairie Plains Medicine Wheel. So here's your personal message. She says, um, you are holding back. Your tendency is to seclude yourself at the expense of actualizing your hopes and your dreams, yet you are generating a great deal of charisma at this time. People not only noticing you, they are paying close attention. This is the perfect time to begin a new quest, especially one that is spiritual in nature. The medicine wheel in this position is a sign of maturity, and it indicates you are coming to understand what it is, what it is your life is all about. Your fears of failure or rejection are unfounded. Immerse yourself in the flow. Success awaits you. So that's a good message. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cool. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for calling in. Thanks. All right. And talk about patience. He was like the first call. He waited like 45 minutes. That's very, it's a very impressive sense of patience, uh, which, of course, I associate that with uh, to me, I, Native Americans often have obviously tremendous patience in that sense. All right, thank you for for uh, for that, and I hope that was a help and some insight to you. All right, three one three, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hello. Hello. Who are we chatting with? Who's Hello. This? Hello. Can Hello. you hear me? Um, yes. It's Dwight. All right. My name is Dwight. Dwight. 
All right, Dwight. Yep. So you know what we're doing today that we're pulling past life cards? Yep. All right. So I'm going to pull one I'll for Dwight, you. and we'll see what comes up for you here. Okay. So Dwight's actually comes up the Aborigine bark painting. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that and what that is all about here. Um uh, this is suggests a life among the Aborigines. So I don't know how familiar you are with um, with the Aborigines in this lifetime. I don't know how, if, if a lot of people necessarily are. That's what's really cool about this. She really found a lot of um, interesting um, symbols for different times and places. So uh, this obviously is Australia, um, connected with the Aborigines. Um, and she's got all kinds of information in the book about where they originated from. But I want to give you, Dwight, I want to give you a little bit of the basic conclusion that she comes to around this. Uh, she says, if you've chosen the Aborigine bark painting as a past life symbol, you're an intuitive dreamer with a special awareness of the unseen world. You may sometimes have the strange sensation of being alien to your own environment as if you come from another time or place. It is natural for you to lapse into a state where you seem to leave your body for several moments. People may think that you are ignoring them or unable to hear what they say, but you are only lost in your own private world. Uh, you succumb to these floating thoughts frequently. This feeling of being separated from your body may take place in daydreams or when you are at rest. It's likely that you will have one or more out-of-body experiences during your lifetime. Saying strangely superstitious, you were skeptical. You were first skeptical of other people, although you were kind and generous. There's a part of you that is never released for others to know. This part is mostly involved with your spiritual self and your secret ideas. You were not influenced by the dogma you have may encountered over the years, but you have your own system of belief, which you have fostered since childhood. You seek to discover what is spiritual about our world. You are actually very flexible about your beliefs and rarely dogmatic, because you so such tolerance people tend to confide in you. You're able to see the truth in all things. This is much like the X-ray vision of the Aboriginal art. You can perceive deep beneath the skin of all matters. You may also have a talent for psychic healing. If you wanted to, you could sense almost any malady in the body before a professional physician could. This is one avenue that you may want to study and develop. It is a special ability that very few people can claim. Okay, so that's a little part of that. Uh, any of that resonate with you? Oh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know it is. It's, it's pretty trippy. I know. I, I was really, you know, it's very funny. I love to tell people about this information and even this book because it's really brilliant what she did. So here's, um, you know, there's a great, there's a great book that was written years ago called Mutant Messages from Down Under, by the way, about the Aborigines. If you can read that, it would just blow your mind. They actually spoke, um, uh, the Aboriginal Indians originally spoke telepathically to each other. Uh, we always think about, oh, they're, they're you know, sort of dumb Aborigine Indians. No, not dumb at all. Um, so this is what the, uh, the special message is for you. It says, pay special, special attention to your dreams. You are presently reaching deeper levels in your consciousness. You may find it difficult to express yourself clearly to others since your current thinking is complicated and deep. Now is the time to immerse yourself in the flow of earth energy. Become more aware of nature's cycles that they speak to you on a deep level of kinship. This card choice emphasizes the reconciliation of earthly and cosmic energies. We are made up of star stuff, but that star stuff first springs from the soil. Now it is time to appreciate the spiritual wisdom of becoming grounded. Okay. Good. That's it? Good reading. Yeah. 
So, um, you said na- Native American Aborigine, but you um, yeah Aborigine. Yeah, the first the yeah. first caller was Native American. This is more Aborigine. Although you, you certainly might have connected with that too, but Aborigine suggests the um, those were the Indians in in the Australia region. Oh, okay. So they were over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, you know, the, Australia was very similar to what happened in America. That you know, the white men basically came in and, and destroyed the Aborigine culture and pushed them into reservations. Same exact type of thing. So they're still there today, but a very, very powerful con- uh, culture, a, a very spiritual one too. So that's what the suggestion is. All right. So the so the, the native the native moved into Australia or the opposite way. No, no, the the, the the Aborigines were there first. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and, and, so it was just yeah the Aborigines were there first. Right, All right. right. Okay, so okay. I'm going to let you if I get a couple of calls, but thank you for thank you for that. I hope that was a help. Yes, a lot. Very awesome. All right. I want to get at least two more calls in here, too, so I'm going to try to do this quick. Okay, 719, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hi, thanks for taking my call. My name is no Julia. No problem. Julia? All right, yep. Julia, so you know what we're doing today? Yep. All righty. So let's <laughs> see what comes up for Julia. Um, ah, very interesting. We're getting some very different type of energies coming up here. So Julia's very, very different. We see kind of the uh, the, the the Russian influence here. Um I actually resonate with this one myself, and I'll tell you what this is about in just a minute. So the card that comes up for Julia is a Russian Byzantine cathedral card. So it's suggesting a past lifetime uh, in, uh, connected with the Byzantine Empire. Of course, this is um, Russia in that sense. So let me tell you what she says is a conclusion. If you've chosen the Russian Byzantine cathedral as a past life symbol, you are a mesmerizing person with strong powers of persuasion. People can sense and feel the largeness of your mind and your soul. Astrologically speaking, you are ruled by Jupiter, the planet of expansion. You have a love spectacle and whatever is grand or glorious. In a purely intellectual way, you are drawn to religious ritual and icons. The idea of a spiritual world intrigues you, and you want to know and understand it better by studying symbols. Any type of religious doctrine is attractive to you, and you've probably studied uh, some different world faiths. You don't mind joining a group to discover the inner workings of religion or philosophy, but you have no special awe of its leaders. You have a fascination with opposites, as well as the mystical workings of good and evil. You are an individual thinker, but you sometimes expect others to mirror your thoughts. You may wish to impress your will and ideas upon others. This is one facet of your personality that you must learn to control, or you will find yourself with only a few loyal friends and no idea why. You sometimes overwhelm people with your many concepts and your thoughts. On the positive side, you are a freedom-loving person with the ability to inspire others to greater things. You have a strong aversion to being confined and an innate ability to view life from many different angles. You rarely waste time analyzing past mishaps. Instead, you venture forward to conquer the next mountain with French insights and new skills. For you, the world is constantly evolving and changing. You are driven to ride each wave without looking back. Okay, there's more to this, but I wanted to read part of it. Any of that uh, resonating with you? Yeah, definitely, especially the religion part. I'm definitely, you know, on a spiritual path. And I'm like you, I've sort of dabbled in a little astrology, a little numerology. I just, to me, it's all fascinating. It's like, you know. It's absolutely. And, you know, and that's I the thing to remember, because I know when I pulled this symbol, I had to think about this, too. 
sometimes the level and what I'm capable of thinking of and perceiving um, can freak people out. So the bigger issue I had, first I had to learn how to open my mouth, and then I had to learn how to shut it <laughs> from time to time mm-hmm. in that sense and not scare the crap out of someone. I used to be able, sometimes people, I would just start telling people about past life stuff I picked up from them, and I would just scare the shit out of them. Um, and I just realized that I need to be careful of that. You know, not everyone was an open canvas, so to speak. So yeah. uh, it's interesting because it definitely shows that, that, that awareness. So let's see what your specific message is to this. And, okay, so the, the, the extra message for it is it says, after many years of questioning, you're finally able to reconcile your thoughts and feelings about religion and spirituality. Although a serious card choice it indicates a more open approach to religion in general, you are at peace with the incomprehensible mysteries of God and no longer afraid. Only when you accept that you will never fully know can you truly understand. Choosing the Russian card points to a cosmic leap in understanding. Uh, now that you know, you are free to enjoy. Only when you ease up on the big questions can you truly enjoy and live. The answer has been right before you all along. Okay. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, that's a yeah. great card choice. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to help. listen to the archive so I can yeah, take yeah, all Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was a lot. It all again. <laughs> cool. All right. Awesome. Thank you very well, thank much, you Julia. So much. I appreciate the call. I appreciate that. All right. All right, I can get one more call in here. So let's get 860. This is going to be the last call in. 860, welcome to Snake All Radio. Hi, it's Susan. Hey, Susan, how are you today? Um, Pretty good, thanks. Good, all right. I'd love so you know to know all here. the juice about my past lives. What's that? I'd love to know all the juice about my past lives. Absolutely. All right, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 actually pretty fun. Although, like I said, it can be a little weird once you uh, begin the uh, the dive in. I always have to laugh because whenever I do these readings on air, the information that people ask for comes very quickly to me. I think it's because people are so eager. The strange part is sometimes I get people in my office like a friend drag them in, so they're nervous. The people that call in are never nervous. They just want their information. So <laughs> that part I actually appreciate. So, okay, let's see what's coming up for for you. Let me get to the right page here. Okay, we get the um, – that's not all I want. One more page here. Where is the number I'm looking for? Okay, the, Hop- the Hopeye Kachina mask comes up for you. Oh. So this suggests a lifetime among the, Hope- the, the Hopi Indians. So we're getting mm. a couple of definite a lot of Indians today too. Aborigine, um, uh, the uh, the other one the gentleman got too. So yours is coming up for the Hopi Indians. She says if you've chosen the Hopi Kachina mask as a past life symbol, you're a gentle and generous per- person with a sense of responsibility to your community. Even though you may not be a group oriented person, you probably spend a great deal of time helping others. Although you refuse to impress your ideas upon them, other people respect your beliefs and gravitate towards you. Even when young, you displayed an abundance of a natural wisdom. Your contemporaries feel safe and protected in your presence. You have a way of making people feel good about themselves. They realize that you will never turn on them and that you are forever loyal. For this reason, you will be loved by many different people. On a spiritual level, you are mystical and dreamy. You're also secretive, harboring ideas and concepts that you share with only a few. You have an inherent, uh, you have an interest in antiquated subjects as well as songs, dance, and poetry. You are you are unusually psychic with a keen intuition based upon the natural elements. You're extremely sensitive to all life forces. This makes you especially talented at psychometry, which enables you to read the psychic history of certain objects. You can sense trends much in the same way that others can sense changes in the weather. 
You can be described as a gently flowing spirit that reaches power, like a high wind circling the earth. Although you rarely assert yourself or make a scene, there is a compelling force about which you is powerful. The force behind that power is not manifested through sheer will or aggressive determination. It is intensity that comes from a natural wisdom and strong empathy. You feel it best when life is harmonious. Absolutely. All right. So that's what, did any of that resonate with you? Yeah, except the uh, psychometry part. I didn't really get you that. But Yeah, you know what psychometry is? No. <laughs> okay, I actually want you to do this now. Let me give you, and this is a suggestion a lot of you guys that are listening probably can do this, and clearly you're going to have this skill. Go to, go to like antique stores and just try mm-hmm. this. Pick up things and see, and just clear your mind and see what you get and try right. this. It'll flip you out because you'll, I, I, I can't even go to antique stores for that reason because if I start picking up shit, I get too much information about whom it, who owned it. It's actually one of the reasons that, like, even thrift stores are a little tough for me. In a sense, because if, if the energy was negative attached to it, I can feel it. And I think you have that ability, too. So I want oh, you to, to check that out, okay? Yeah, definitely have to check that out. That's something new. Yeah. So, all right, excellent. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the call. All right, I'm going to have to finish up there. And thank you very much for that. I wish I can pick up a couple of calls here, guys, but we are out of time, so they're ending me. They're cutting me off here. Yeah, thanks for joining me today. Again, if you're local here in Phoenix, um, uh, if you if you try to call in and you missed your chance, um, when, when I do the astrology update show, um, which I do every month, you'll see astrology and listeners' choice show. Call in then, and you can ask me to pull one of these cards for you, because uh, halfway through the show, I take callers. Uh, for many reads. So um, if you did miss today, absolutely um, call in and just say, hey, you know what, I like those past life cards you did on the other show. Um, and again, these I can do a more personal, more involved session with anyone uh, via the phone or local here in Phoenix. Go to my website at jimventura.com to check out that information. Guys, thank you for joining me today. Um, it was a great show. I appreciate the calls, and you guys open yourself up to that information. I know it's very cool, and believe me, I could have gone on with each of you for so much more information about that, but uh, we're limited in time. So thank you for uh, joining me in the show. I'll be back here next week for the live column read of Snake Oil. Um, if you're not ready to get in my column, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com, and I will get you on the mailing list so you can read my columns uh, you can also go to my fan page on Facebook, click on I like, so you get updates. I post a lot of cool stuff on Facebook, too, but definitely get added to the mailing list for the column, VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. You get that information here on the site. Have a great day, everyone. I'll be here next week for the live column read, and uh, and we'll go from there. Cheers. <laughs>